Tis the season for holiday shopping. Retailers are seeing big numbers as the 2023 holiday shopping season kicks off. I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's get started. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. Hello and welcome. Coming up, Israel and Hamas agree to extend the four-day truce, allowing more hostages to go free. Plus, preparations are underway for COP28, the world's leadership gathering, which will take place in Dubai. But first... Black Friday kicked off the unofficial start to the holiday shopping season. So far, shoppers spent a record $9.8 billion in U.S. online sales. That's up 7.5% from last year. For more, we're joined by Chandresa Ibrahimi, the Influencer Marketing Director with Even Skin. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you for joining so despite financial problems post-pandemic and the fight against record high inflation, the Black Friday weekend brought in stellar sales. Were you expecting this? To be honest, um, we were expecting kind of a drop uh, due to the financial situation over the country. However, uh, we were quite surprised during the Black Friday and Cyber Monday, uh, which is happening right now, we have seen so many people interested in buying and purchasing devices. Um, we do believe that it, this is due to the reason that people are looking to invest on something that they're going to use at home rather than going and spending high amounts in clinic treatments when we're talking about beauty. So um, every Black Friday we have seen a rise, but we were expecting kind of to be in a similar situation to previous years. Actually, this Black Friday we have seen an even higher uh, purchase amount. Today on Cyber Monday, it's the uh, company. Are you offering some specific deals or promotions? Yes, Evenskin is offering for Cyber Monday 35% off on most of the products that we're selling right now. Um, the Evenskin is focusing on uh, mainly selling direct to consumer through online um, as a retail. So um, we focus on the Cyber Monday to offer the best deals for people. Now, the home beauty sector is really booming. Can you tell us about the journey of Even Skin and how it was evolved and also to even be a leader in the uh, skincare technology industry? Absolutely. Um, so even Skin is a Canadian company and we offer at-home beauty devices, clinical grade devices. So what we focus on mainly is the anti-aging industry. Um, traditionally, people have been going to um, clinics in order to get a radio frequency treatment for skin tightening. What we're doing right now is we're making those devices smaller so people could use the devices at home. Um, what stands out in the Even Skin is that we combine different technologies, especially radio frequency, EMS, LED, sonic vibration, which are um, anti-aging treatments for that usually people are seeking um, in order to reduce the signs of aging. So um, we have been in the industry for quite some time, but we have come with Even Skin as a direct-to-consumer brand for three years, almost four now. And we have seen an amazing interest in people that are looking for non-invasive treatments um, because it's way more effective in terms of like, doing prolonged procedures and you can be consistent in using such devices at home 
but also um, it's way less um, in terms of um, budget and uh, you can you can save a ton if you're um, kind of skipping those um, in-clinic treatments. We're seeing so many people really of all ages looking to embrace non-invasive procedures and at-home routines. Can you just talk a little bit about the technology behind the EvenSkin Lumo and how it compares to other products? Yes, um, the EvenSkin Lumo utilizes radio frequency, sonic vibration, EMS, um, LED light therapy, and uh, two more um, modalities, which is one for cleansing and one other uh, mode for product penetration. What it's in terms of advantages of the device is that it offers one megahertz of radio frequency, which is a pretty powerful, almost clinical grade uh, power that you can use only once a week, up to two times a week, depending on the age range you fall into. So most of the devices in the market, um, they are supposed to be used, let's say 30 minutes for um, every day during the year. The Even Skin uh, Lumo stands out as a once per week treatment, which is um, gonna save you tons of time. Now we still have several weeks left in the year. What are you projecting sales to be? Um, we're seeing around a 20% growth. Uh, this is, has usually been the um, growth rate over the years. And uh, as we're planning on bringing, bringing even new products into the market, uh, focusing even and reaching new target um, audience, we're thinking that there was going to be an even higher growth this year. And especially since we're planning on Christmas and a few special giftings um, that we're planning on working right now and bringing a few new uh, skincare lines that we have been working over the years, I think that is going to be quite attractive to the audience. Great. Thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. A deal has been reached to extend a truce between Israel and Hamas forces in Gaza by two days. Dozens of Israeli hostages who were abducted by Hamas during its October 7th assault on southern Israel are being released in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. Scenes like these have been unfolding in Israel and the Palestinian territories in recent days. As more hostages are let go by Hamas in exchange for the release of more Palestinians in Israeli prisons. This Israeli government video is said to show some of the young families released on Saturday reuniting. And again on Sunday, another group was freed. 17 hostages, including a four-year-old American girl. 19 Palestinians were released in return. The temporary truce between Hamas and Israeli forces is allowing more humanitarian aid into Gaza as well. But there's also another effect. It's allowing some Gazans a moment of reflection in the ruins of what was once their home. Reuters journalists found Ibrahim Kaninch in the city of Khan Yunis, near the border with Egypt, feeding bits of cardboard into this fire outside his partially destroyed house. He's making tea. He's saying that gathering around a bonfire like this used to be an Arab tradition, particularly for Palestinians. And although the practice was lost years ago, he muses that the war has brought back some parts of Palestinian heritage. 
What's next, he asks. There's no electricity or water. There's shortages of all basic human needs. No house, no shelter, no clothes, food or water. Everything is scarce. Kanish says the occupation, referring to Israel, can destroy homes but can't destroy their right to a homeland. The war has leveled large parts of northern Gaza, such as this area of Gaza City, and forced hundreds of thousands from their homes. Negotiators from Qatar and Egypt and the United States government are pushing for the ceasefire to extend beyond its Monday deadline. Preparations are underway for COP28, the world's 28th leadership gathering to confront global environmental issues. This year's UN Climate Conference will take place November 30th through December 12th in Dubai. The world's 28th leadership gathering to confront the existential threat posed by climate change begins on November 30th in Dubai. As world leaders look to address our long-known problem, here's a look at some key moments in the history of climate negotiations. In 1990, at the UN's Second World Climate Conference, scientists highlight the risks of global warming to nature and society. British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher calls for binding emissions targets. We need to speed up action and set ourselves higher targets and shorter deadlines. In 1992, countries at the Rio Earth Summit sign on to the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. It establishes the idea that developed countries must do more to tackle climate warming emissions. In 1995, the first Conference of the Parties, or COP, is held in Berlin. A final document calls for legally binding emissions targets. In 1997, at COP3 in Kyoto, Japan, parties agree to emissions cuts for developed countries. In 2005, the Kyoto Protocol goes into effect. It's a legally binding treaty in which 55 countries agree to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. In 2009, COP15 talks in Copenhagen nearly collapse amid efforts to agree to a binding post-Kyoto framework. Countries instead vote to take note of a non-binding political statement. COP16, 17, and 18 all fail to set new binding emissions targets. Delegates in Doha at COP18 instead extended the Kyoto Protocol through 2020. In 2015, COP21 results in the Paris Agreement. De Paris pour le est the first global pact to call for increasingly ambitious emissions pledges from both developed and developing countries. Delegates also pledged to try to keep warming to within 1.5 degrees Celsius. In 2017, U.S. President Donald Trump pulls the U.S. out of the Paris Treaty. The United States will withdraw from the Paris Climate Accord. Four years later, in 2021, newly elected U.S. President Joe Biden rejoins the Paris Agreement. At COP26 later that year, the Glasgow Pact sets a goal of using less coal and resolves rules for trading carbon credits to offset emissions. In 2022, COP27 in Egypt marks a historic deal for a loss and damage fund for costly climate disasters, but does little to address the emissions fueling such disasters. Thanks so much for watching In America Today. I'm Veronica Dudo. For more, head to tickernews.co. I'll see you soon. More right after this.